0: That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What are you waiting for?
2: Disciples, those who are trying to prepare themselves for entry into the evolutionary level above human, synonymous with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We're going to talk to you about the most urgent thing that is on our mind and what we suspect is the most urgent thing on the minds of those who will connect with us. We'll title this tape "Uh, Planet Earth About to be Recycled Your Only Chance to Evacuate Is to Leave with Us Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. Now, that's pretty major statement, pretty bold in terms of religion, in terms of anybody's intelligent thinking, to most people who would consider themselves intelligent beings they'd say well that's that's absurd what's all this doomsday stuff what's all this prophetic stuff you know intelligent human beings should realize that everything has their cycle they have their season they have their beginning they have their end they have cycles we're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end we're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another human civilization. Now, the reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization, because it's about to be recycled, but because of where that finds us, where that finds you, where that finds those who would judge us, how we would speak of them, and how they would speak of us. Now, you say you keep saying us. Who do you think you are? Well, I, in all honesty, must acknowledge my Father. My father is not a human father. My father is a member of the evolutionary level above human, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. My father gave me, long before this civilization, gave me birth into that kingdom level above human, that kingdom of heaven, that kingdom of God. Now you can say, well, I can't believe that. Well, it's up to you whether you believe that or not. That's not important to me, even though I wish that you could believe it for your sake. For those who do believe it stand a possibility of a future beyond this recycling time. Now you say, well, according to religious literature, I thought there was someone else that was going to come and be our savior here at these end days. That that was going to be Christ's return. Well, the name Christ might be a little confusing, or the name Jesus, because the name Jesus, of course, of course, was the name given to the body that that mind that was indeed from the kingdom of heaven came, and that mind was here two thousand years ago, and that mind came for the express purpose of teaching humans how they could be saved, how they would not be plowed under at the end of the age. Well, we're at the end of the age. So the one or the mind that was in Jesus, what? That mind is in me? You'll have to decide that for yourself. I must admit that I am here again, that I'm here saying exactly the same thing that I said then, trying to say it in today's language trying to hope that for your sakes you can see what we have to offer you for our father offers you life I'm not talking about human life if planet is about to be recycled and we see the planet as a stepping stone planet earth a stepping stone that just as within a civilization, a civilization evolves upward, that each segment of civilization becomes more civilized, less barbaric in some ways. It's supposed to, not that it necessarily does. Sometimes it seems to appear to be more civilized when, in fact, it becomes more barbaric, more quick to condemn the rest of the world, more quick to be quick to kill The rest of the world, that that does not think as it thinks. Well, I know what I just said. I said that I am the return of the son of my father. I'll tell you something that's even more remarkable. My father came with me this time. Came in the early 70s took on a human form, an adult human form, helped me get in an adult human form in the early 70s, and we together helped those who came with us that were also here 2,000 years ago get in the bodies that they were wearing so that they could rid themselves of human behavior, human activity, human thinking, so that they could be ready to move into the kingdom of heaven or the evolutionary level above human. These that are sitting before me have been students of T and Do. T, my father, have been students of T and Do, are still students of T and Do, even though T returned to the heavens in 1985 and he is my Heavenly Father, gave me birth into that kingdom before this civilization began. Now, I'm not here to sell you on that, or who I am, or who these are. I'm here to offer you, as these are, an opportunity to know the truth so that if you can connect with it at any level, then you might survive the respading or the recycling that is about to occur. Now, this is not to say that we know that there is a guarantee that we will all together go on board a craft in order to leave before the spading under occurs we will go definitely on board a craft to leave when the spading occurs. You could say, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is we don't know if we're gonna take these flesh bodies on board that craft or if we'll leave these flesh bodies behind. We don't believe that our Father's kingdom has much need for these flesh bodies, but it's possible that a spacecraft will come down and we'll walk on board that craft and they'll take these bodies from us and issue us the ones that belong to that level so that we might begin service or it is also possible that part of our test of faith is our hating this world even our flesh body enough to be willing to leave it without any proof other than what we have come to know that we have nothing to fear that we are in good keeping that we can leave the body that we're in whether it's by martyrdom because someone went crazy over our righteous blasphemy or whatever might happen to the body that we wear and that we might lose it. We do know one thing. We don't care to cling to the life of this body until it naturally gives up. We don't care to be aborted by the body that we're wearing. We care more to abort it in proof to our Heavenly Father that we're ready to leave this place. We're ready to go into your kingdom. And they, these students, have to say to my Father, we trust your Son. We trust the one you sent. Even so much that we have no hesitation to leave this place to leave the body that we have. And we know that whatever happens to us after we leave this body is a step forward from what we have and that we don't care to be here. Earlier in this tape, I spoke to you of three types of individuals that can be salvaged from this re One was, I mentioned, those that have overcome enough that they will get an issue of a physical body belonging to the next level and go into service as a crew member working for the next level. A second type of individual that can be salvaged from this planet at this time are those who don't quite reach that point of overcoming when it is time to leave, but are still faithful to the best of their ability in their effort of breaking away and leaving their humanity and looking to us, looking to me, looking to my Father, looking to the next level to give them the strength and the understanding of how they can break away more quickly. So wherever they are to the best of their capability at the time of our exit, whether it is not ready for issue of a next level body, They may have to experience a time in a civilization that is yet to come and do more overcoming of human kingdom, but they will be in the keeping of the kingdom level above human, just as these have been in the keeping of the kingdom level above human, not only here at this time in this generation with me and with T. That T isn't T's name, by the way. Doe isn't Doe's name. I'm not even given to under, to tell you what my name is, or T's name. T doesn't want you to know it.
0: Hey guys, I want to tell you about Getjupiter.com. They sell organic CBD drops designed for stress and anxiety relief. They offer the highest quality CBD worldwide. Jupiter is 100% USDA-certified, organic, all-natural, vegan, and non-GMO. They're triple lab tested, made in small batches on a single-origin U.S. family farm. Also, Jupiter is backed by over 400 verified customer reviews. Almost all CBD companies make their hemp extract from the entire hemp plant. That's cheap and fast, but that also means that you're getting the stems and stalks. Jupiter CBD drops are only made from the most valuable and desired part of the plant, the flowers. Jupiter never uses fillers, sweeteners, or artificial preservatives, colors, or flavors. They offer free shipping, free returns, and a 30-day risk-free trial. Go to GetJupiter.com today and get your CBD drops. That's G-E-T-J-U-P-I-T-E-R dot com, and use the coupon code Things for 10% off of your purchase. That's A-L-L-T-H-E-T-H-I-N-G-S. Welcome to All the Things That Keep Us Up at Night. This story is a doozy, and I hope you're prepared to go on this wild journey. This will be my first time telling you about a cult or a religious spiritual group that started to come together in the 70s. Also, this story may have to be in several parts as it's very detailed. There's a huge amount of information and layers to this story. I definitely don't want to be disrespectful to anyone's beliefs, even if they're not my personal belief. I want to stick mostly to the facts of what happened here. I feel like as long as you're not harming anyone, then you do you. However, it is a big debate about whether what happened in the end was suicide or something else. So, let's get right into it. This is the story of Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Bonnie Lou, whose maiden name was Trousdale, was born on August 27, 1927 in Houston, Texas. Her family were Baptist, but as she got older, she decided to turn her back on the Baptist religion. Bonnie became a registered nurse, and she married Joseph Siegel Nettles in December of 1949. They had four children together. In 1972, their marriage started to fall apart. The New York Times reported that the relationship was failing because Bonnie started to believe a 19th century monk, Brother Francis, was speaking to her a lot. She said that this monk was telling her what to do, and giving her instructions to follow. Bonnie was also having seances with mediums, supposedly contacting spirits. Every Wednesday, she would host a gathering where people would come over to Bonnie's and join her in the seances. She was also big into studying astrology, theosophy, and the occult. In 1972, she went to see many fortune tellers who told her that she was going to meet this mysterious man. The fortune tellers described this mysterious man as tall, light hair, and fair complexion. Marshall Applewhite was pretty close to fitting this description. Marshall was born Marshall Herff Applewhite Jr. on May seventeenth, nineteen 1931 in Spur, Texas. His dad was Marshall Herf Applewhite Sr., who was a Presbyterian minister. His mother was Louise Winifield. Being born to a dad who was a Presbyterian minister molded him into a very religious kid. Marshall went to Corpus Christi High School. As a teenager, he was still holding on to his faith, very religious. He also enjoyed being involved in student organizations. He went to a few universities and served in the U.S. Army. He finished school at Austin College in 1952. He earned his bachelor's degree in philosophy. Then he went to Union Presbyterian Seminary, where he studied theology. He really wanted to become a minister during this time. Around 1952 or 1953, he tied the knot with Anne Pierce. They would end up having two kids together, Mark Applewhite and Lane Applewhite. Later in life, Lane was the topic of a tragic event that made the news, and I'll discuss that towards the end of this story. So, he's getting started with his studies in seminary, and he decides that it isn't really what he wants to do right now. He really wants a music career. So, Marshall went to North Carolina and became the music director in a Presbyterian church. He was a baritone singer who enjoyed spirituals. Marshall was drafted in 1954 by the U.S. Army. He served in Austria and New Mexico. He was the member of the Army Signal Corps. In 1956, he was out of the military and decided to go to the University of Colorado. He got his master's degree in music, and he started gearing his focus towards musical theater. He even moved to New York City because he wanted to have this successful career in music. That was his ultimate dream. But his singing career didn't happen. It flopped. So, he went to the University of Alabama and taught there for a time, but he started having a sexual relationship with a male student, and he lost his position as a teacher. Some religions are not accepting of same-sex relationships, and Marshall became sexually frustrated, which led to problems in his marriage. His wife, Anne, figured out that he was having this affair with the student, So, she separated from Marshall in 1965, and in 1968, they got a divorce. So, he's left the University of Alabama, and now he goes on to Houston, Texas to live there. He was out of the closet while he was in Texas, but he was in a relationship with a young lady, which didn't last long. Her family pressured her to leave him, which caused her to do just that. This, of course, was very upsetting to Marshall. Again, he got a job as a teacher, and this time it was at the University of St. Thomas. According to the students there, they said he was a fashionable dresser, he was really stylish, and when he was speaking, he really engaged with them, and overall, they really seemed to enjoy him and his classes. Marshall was a chairman of the music department, and locally, he was the talk of the town in a positive way when it came to his singing. This episode is sponsored by monamoonnaturals.com. The creator of Monamoon Naturals, her sister was diagnosed with breast cancer. Her cancer was estrogen-based, and they discovered that so many products that we use every day are made up of hormone disruptors. At monamoonnaturals.com, they sell chemical-free, safe lip balm and body whips and deodorants. 10% of your purchase supports the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester and their mission to support those touched by breast cancer or gynecological cancers. Shop Mona Moon Naturals, that's M-O-N-A-M-O-O-N-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com today and use the code PAGE, P-A-I-G-E, and get 20% off of your purchase and to give back. He was even the choral director of an Episcopal church, and he got to perform with the Houston Grand Opera. In 1970, due to what he says was emotional turmoil and his battle with depression, he quit the University of St. Thomas. Robert Balk and David Thomas, sociologists who studied Heaven's Gate, they have their opinions on why he really quit the school. They think he was having another sexual relationship with a student. As the president of the university looked back on everything, he said that Marshall was mentally jumbled and disorganized right before he quit. 1971. Marshall ran a delicatessen in New Mexico for a short period of time. Customers loved him, and it was going great, but he eventually moved back to Texas the same year. Around this time is when his dad, Marshall Sr., passed away, which caused Marshall Jr. to sink into a deep depression. He got caught up in that depression so much that he let his bills pile up, and that led to him being deeply in debt. He started borrowing money from friends just to get by. In March of 1972, Bonnie and Marshall did meet, but the reports on how they actually met are very mixed. Marshall wrote a lot, and one of the things that he wrote stated, quote, I was visiting a hospitalized friend when Miss Nettles entered the room and our eyes locked in a shared recognition of esoteric secrets, end quote. The things that Marshall would write, he would tend to exaggerate, and he also referred to anything that happened as fate. He felt like he knew Bonnie in another life. Literally, he was convinced and believed wholeheartedly that they definitely met in their past life. Bonnie said that aliens told her personally that she was going to meet him she went on to drill into Marshall's head that he had a divine assignment. It seems as if there was definitely some manipulation happening on her part and whether she was totally aware of it or not, I don't know. But it seems to me that she was pushing her beliefs onto him to the point that he was pretty much believing in everything that she said. According to Bonnie's daughter, Terry Nettles, she said that Bonnie and Marshall met at a drama school and she also said that they were in theater together. Terry went on to say that Marshall was a teacher at the school and one of Bonnie's sons took his class. Bonnie's son, Joe Nettles, also has a different version of how the two met. There were also reports about Marshall being in a mental facility, and Bonnie was his nurse. Terry Nettles disputes this, but whichever is actual fact, it is known that soon after they met, Bonnie gave Marshall an astrological reading. She discovered that their stars were aligned. Marshall started to tell her his opinions on heavenly connections, religion, spirituality, and eventually he convinced Bonnie into believing that what he was saying was 100%, without a doubt, the truth. So, it kind of seems like they were a bit manipulative toward each other, and their beliefs came together and essentially had a baby, (laughs) and that's kind of how their total belief system was born. Marshall decided that Bonnie would be the sage and he would be the speaker. They would talk about mysticism in depth. They completely convinced themselves that they were divine messengers. Around this time, he was contemplating his beliefs and what his purpose was. He started trying to find an alternative to the traditional Christian doctrine, and he got into astrology, which was what Bonnie was heavily into. So, Marshall claims that he was having these visions, and he was basically told, Hey, you've been chosen to take on the role of Jesus. According to reports, it's been speculated that Marshall was going through an episode of schizophrenia around the time he said that he had these visions. After a while, Marshall was living with Bonnie, but sex wasn't happening. He wanted to be close friends and just really be loved because that's really what we all want in the end is to be loved, care about others, and have others care about us. That's all he wanted at that time. And remember, Bonnie was still married, but when her husband realized, you know what, they're awfully close and I'm not really comfortable with that, he decided to divorce her. Bonnie also lost custody of her two kids to Joseph. Marshall decided he would completely cut ties with his family too. He was convinced that Bonnie was his soulmate and pretty much that nobody else really mattered, so he just decided to stop communicating with his family. People that were acquainted with Marshall feel like Bonnie had a real strong influence on him and what he was believing in. It seems like their final beliefs were a little bit of hers mixed with a little bit of his. Psychiatrist Robert J. Lifton said that Bonnie's influence on Marshall helped him not to further his psychological deterioration. Bonnie and Marshall opened a bookstore. It was called the Christian Arts Center. They carried books on spirituality from all different kinds of beliefs. Along with the bookstore, they opened a business called Known Place, and the two taught classes on mysticism and theosophy. Marshall and Bonnie didn't have either of these places open very long before they decided to shut them down. 1973, New Year's Day. Bonnie left her three youngest children with their dad, Joseph Nettles. She took off with Marshall, and at this time, Bonnie's eldest daughter, Terry, was 20 years old, and she was not really sure of her mom's ideas, and Terry basically had to take care of herself in every way, because her mom wasn't around like a lot of moms. I mean, I know I talk to my mom about everything, and I'm lucky that she's everything that you picture a protective. Good mama hen would be, but she's also someone that's there for me when I'm depressed. She's there when I have great news. Terry just didn't have that bond with her mom. And unfortunately, a lot of people go through this too. So at this point, Heaven's Gate, which was just a concept at first, really started to develop. Bonnie was the brains of the operation and Marshall was more of the mouthpiece. Bonnie began to say that she was actually in communications with aliens about what they call the next level. The next level is where they thought um, when you die, your body is lifted up into a spaceship and you get a brand new body and you're just living your best life with the aliens on another planet. This travel to the spaceship and the next level was called the Demonstration. Also in 1973, they were traveling to different states trying to tell people their views and spread the word, and they wanted to get followers that they could convince of their beliefs, or maybe these people already had similar beliefs. So these two were struggling with money, and they figured that a good way to make a little extra cash was to sell their blood and work little side jobs. They'd oftentimes only have rolls to eat. They'd set up camp, and they would stay in motels, but they would skip out on paying the bills to those motels. During their traveling adventure in all of these states, constantly preaching their beliefs, the two were only able to convert one person. Um, she was a woman that they visited in May of 1974. In 1974, Marshall was arrested in Texas for stealing a rental car, which he got while traveling through Missouri. He was sent to St. Louis and had three hots in a cot for four months. He used his jail time to develop his theology even more. Prosecutor Tim Braun has never forgotten this case. He said, quote, Very seldom do we see a statement that a force from beyond the earth has made me keep this car. End quote. After Marshall finished serving his time, he and Bonnie went to California as well as Oregon. They finally were gaining a bigger group of followers. They started telling these people, Hey, we're going to be visited by aliens and these aliens are going to give us new bodies. In the beginning, Marshall was preaching about his belief of the demonstration and the next level saying he and his loyal followers were going to go up into a spaceship and their bodies were going to be completely transformed. But on down the road, we'll see that he changes what he believes in. His ideas were drawn from the language used in Christian eschatology, which is the study of things that happen in the end, the end of our lives, the end of the age, end of the world, Basically, it's just the study of the end of everything and the discussions of heaven, hell, the second coming of Jesus, the rapture, the last judgment, and the world to come. His ideas were also inspired by the New Age movement and even pop culture.
1: 18 plus.
0: They studied a lot. They were very much into learning about the life of St. Francis of Assisi, who is called one of the most respected religious figures in Christianity. They would also read the works of Helena Blavatsky, R.D. Lange, and Richard Bach. <laughs> I want to tell y'all about The Essential Being Company. This company started right when this pandemic hit, and if you're able to shop small and support small businesses, I do recommend Essential Being Company. The Essential Being Company sells personal care, essential oils, and aromatherapy products to help you relax and refresh. You can also give the gift of relaxation with their gift box sets. Essential Being Company offers free shipping on all orders and you'll also get 10% off when you use the code ALLTHINGS10. That's A-L-L-T-H-I-N-G-S-10 at EssentialBeingCo.com. That's E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-B-E-I-N-G-C-O dot com. They carried around the King James Version of the Bible, and they were into the New Testament because they wanted to know more about Christology and asceticism. Marshall was heavy into science fiction, too. So, all of this gives you an idea of what they were into and how they wanted to dig deeper into these things. With all of these things that they were studying and having it make sense to them— and getting it all together and form this solid system of their beliefs, they completed a basic outline of what their beliefs were. They eventually came to the conclusion of, well, we're chosen to fulfill these biblical prophecies, and the levels our minds are on are much higher than the majority of other people. Marshall and Bonnie together made this pamphlet, And in this pamphlet, Jesus reincarnated as a Texan who had a lot of similarities to Marshall. There are these two witnesses in the book of Revelations, and they said that it was them. They were those two witnesses, and they'd go around to any church or spiritual gathering they could find, announcing that, hey, we're definitely these two witnesses in the book of Revelations, So this is where they start calling each other the two, or the UFO two. You're also going to see that these two had many nicknames over time. So they'd also tell everyone in these churches and spiritual groups about the demonstration that takes you to the next level. And most people didn't believe that at all, and they just were not into it. So they would make advertisements for these meetings where they would recruit what they called their followers as disciples. They ended up calling these disciples simply the crew. During these gatherings, they said that they were the representatives of aliens of the next level and they were wanting people that would participate in an experiment and anyone that wanted to join in on this experiment would advance to a higher level of evolution. During this time, they changed their nicknames to Guinea and Pig. They also called their organization the Anonymous Sexaholics Celibate Church, but then it changed quickly to Human Individual Metamorphosis. Marshall would call himself the Lab Instructor And he was the mouthpiece behind the brains of the operation, which was, of course, Bonnie. So whenever he was talking and he didn't say what she basically told him to, she would correct him. So it sounds like he wasn't too familiar with what he was claiming that he stood by and believed in. Because if you actually knew what you believed in, you wouldn't be making those mistakes during your speeches. And, of course, that's just my opinion but they didn't even communicate with their following face to face they'd get their numbers and they'd sometimes talk with them over the phone but they weren't really engaging with them the ancient astronaut hypothesis this is another belief of marshall's the hypothesis claims that aliens came here in the beginning and they put us on earth At some point, they would come back to Earth and let a few people go back to whatever planet they were from. These communications with the aliens that Marshall claimed he was personally having was filled with Star Trek similarities, and they even used phrases from the TV show because they were communicating with Marshall through the TV when he watched the show. Bonnie and Marshall gave their advertisements to different groups in California. In April of 1975, the couple got invited to be speakers to the people that were devoted to the New Age. The New Age movement was about putting your focus on the growth of the mind, body, and soul. Bonnie and Marshall talked about 25 or so people from that meeting into being a part of their following. Marshall and Bonnie said that they didn't have any involvement with the New Age movement, and basically they were just speaking there but weren't quote-unquote involved. But the things that they were speaking about were in alignment with the New Age movement. However, they denied this and said they view the New Age movement as a human creation. They also geared their focus towards college campuses. Younger people seem to be into learning about occults. Some weren't into being popular, so the more alternative kids with alternative lifestyles, I guess, and to be honest, kids that are just starting college or in their early 20s in college can be impressionable. So they sought them out in hopes of molding their belief system. These college kids were all into different religions and spiritual beliefs. Some were into Scientology, and some were into religions that were from East, South, and Southeast Asia. They were very familiar with what the New Age was, and supposedly that made it easier for Marshall and Bonnie to convert them to what they believed. Marshall thought that his followers would evolve to a much higher level, and he said, quote, This will be a biological change into a different species, casting his teachings as scientific truth in line with secular naturalism. End quote. Around the mid 1970s is when Marshall stopped using the word religion because he didn't think that it was as relevant or as truthful as science and that science was better than religion. Oddly enough, he didn't like the meaning of religion, but he would use the term faith a lot when talking about aliens, saying that all of his followers slash disciples needed faith in these aliens' powers to transform them. And interpreting the Bible in a way that was otherworldly, and Jesus was the Messiah alien. We will get into all of that. 1975, Bonnie and Marshall again had new nicknames, which were Bo and Peep. At this time, they had around 70 disciples, and they thought of themselves as shepherds that were leading their flock. But Marshall was still referencing passages from the New Testament. He would say that they needed to be more like Jesus when he talked about forsaking worldly attachments. He said that in order to ascend and get to the next level, that it was what they had to do. As in many other cults, they were forced to cut ties and communications with their families and friends, but they also had to do away with drugs, the media, alcohol, jewelry, The guys weren't allowed to have facial hair, and they couldn't have sex. All of these things were said to be impure. They were forced to have names from the Bible. Marshall and Bonnie were like, Okay, now you all need to have two-syllable names, and they have to end in Odie. And the first syllable had to have three consonants. Marshall explained that these names had a more spiritual meaning and it let others know that they were spiritual children. Some of the members were named Destoti, Lavoti, Demoti, and they just have several videos that show their names, but I can't remember them all. At times, tuning forks would be tapped on the followers' heads to get rid of human thoughts. Dick Jocelyn, a former member who was in this cult for 15 years, joining in 1975, stated, quote, It was a lot like the military. There were all these procedures that drove some people crazy. End quote. Another former member, Leslie Light, said of being partnered for activities, quote, They set you up with the partner that you would least likely be attracted to. They put me with this crazy street person. They would watch TV shows and movies that were mystical or had science fiction themes, like Star Trek, of course, The X Files, Cocoon, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Star Wars. Dick Jocelyn also said, quote, Sometimes it got pretty boring, especially when you were waiting 10 years for the spacecraft to come down. They also quit doing public gatherings. Bonnie was starting to get afraid of the thought of being assassinated. She said she was having visions. They would both tell their followers that when they died, it would be like the death of the two witnesses in the book of Revelations. Bonnie told their disciples that How badly they had been talked about in the news was a form in itself of assassination. So Bonnie was basically saying, well, the assassination did happen, but it was just in another form, therefore my visions and my thoughts about being assassinated were actually right. Marshall's belief was that the Bible was actually a record that was kept and the proof of aliens making contact with people on this planet. Even though he did take a lot from the book of Revelations, he didn't like Christianity. There were a few lines from the Bible that he would talk about here and there, but he didn't want to be a Christian. In 1976, Marshall started to believe that Bonnie was on a level of command that was higher up than he was. During this time, their nicknames were Doe and T which they claimed were meaningless, and just from the names of their so-called vehicles, which were their bodies, while here on this planet, but the names Doe and T really come from the scale of music. And seeing how Marshall really loved music at one point in time, and he wanted that to be his career, I speculate if that's possibly where the names come from, but who really knows? So they gathered the followers that they did have left because some of their disciples dropped out and when they did, they were never spoken to again. So some had left and the remaining ones were gathered together in the Medicine Bow National Forest in Wyoming. Now, they promised the group that there was for sure going to be a UFO landing and a visit from the aliens. Well, they waited for a while for these aliens to come, and out of nowhere, Bonnie said, Okay, they canceled their visit. So, I'm assuming that the aliens communicated to her that they weren't actually coming and had to cancel because they just couldn't be bothered. Or maybe she had a more reasonable thought in that moment that, okay, aliens aren't really coming to visit, so I need to make up this story that they told me they're canceling. Over the next three years, they all lived on campgrounds. They would travel to camp out in the Rocky Mountains and in Texas, staying in campers. Now, they started having conversations with their followers by passing notes to them, or they'd have their assistant um send messages to relay to them. They started giving them more rules to live by. The disciples could not befriend one another. Now, this was known as tomb time. They were constantly telling these people that, They were the only ones who spoke the truth, and everyone else out there in the world spreading their beliefs were liars. Nobody knew as much as Bonnie and Marshall. And people outside of their group, they definitely couldn't talk to them, not even to try to get new members into the group. Also, former members said that Desperate relatives would show up at gatherings just to make sure that their family members were okay and seeing them was not allowed, so they were becoming more controlled and isolated. But the excuse was Bonnie and Marshall didn't want to take a chance on someone infiltrating the group or accepting someone in that was anyway joining for the wrong reasons and they just feared that someone would try to get into the group and attack them. They also wanted their followers to obey them. Even so, they didn't find him to be a dictator, and most of them said Marshall was a chill father figure. Also around this time, the group got a bunch of money either from donations or an inheritance from a member of the group and even like new members, would give them money. So this money went towards renting houses while they were in Denver, Colorado, and they would rent houses when they would later go to Dallas, Texas. They had around 40 disciples at the time that they were renting houses. They were all very secretive, and they would cover up their windows so nobody could even have a chance to see how they would live their lives. They were paranoid that people were trying to look in and see what they were doing. Marshall and Bonnie made their followers go through a boot camp that was made to shape their lifestyles to get them prepared for the next level. They would call their house a craft, of course, short for Spacecraft. If you weren't dedicated to this lifestyle, you were told that this wasn't for you and you needed to leave because you would not be prepared at all for the next level if you couldn't make it through this boot camp. If anyone decided that they wanted to leave, they were given money to help them get on their feet. When they went back to Dallas, they again told their disciples that they were going to be visited by aliens And they were all forced to wait outside all night. When the aliens never came, it was kind of like before when they told them the aliens were definitely coming and they canceled on them. Well, they ended up telling the disciples this was just a test, right? So they were just seeing, supposedly, if they would actually wait all night and have that um, dedication to waiting for the aliens and that moment to come. So by 1980, Bonnie and Marshall's disciple count had increased to 80. These followers did have jobs like working with computers and some were mechanics. Finally, in 1982, after all this time not communicating with their families, they were given the choice to call and talk to them. Around 1983, they even let their disciples visit their families for Mother's Day. Now, they couldn't visit long, and they were to tell their families that they were at a monastery studying computers. These visits were merely to satisfy the families and make them think that these people were making the choice to stay. If the families saw their family members come home, a lot of them wouldn't think that it was basically a cult situation and these cult leaders were holding them against their will. In 1983, Bonnie had cancer and was forced to have one of her eyes removed. The doctor told her that the cancer was eating away at her entire body. Bonnie didn't take the news well. Not in the way you may think. She said that the doctor was stupid because he must not be aware that she can't die and that she was going to be, you know, swooped away in this spaceship with Marshall. The cancer only got progressively worse and it moved into Bonnie's liver. In 1985, it was on June 18th or 19th that she passed away while she was in Parkland Memorial Hospital, where she didn't go by her real name, Bonnie Nettles. She went by the name Shelley West while she was in this hospital. So what was Marshall going to tell their group? Because all this time, they said that they weren't going to have their bodies, their physical bodies, left behind on this earth, and all of this just didn't make sense and didn't align at all with what they had believed in and what they were teaching. So Marshall ended up convincing these people that Bonnie's broken-down vehicle was left behind. Marshall had her cremated and her ashes were spread in Texas in a lake. When Bonnie passed away, Marshall was starting to get stressed out. He was sad. He was questioning what he believed in because her death forced him to rethink physical ascension and what he was going to believe now. So this is why and when his beliefs started to shift, as I kind of touched on in the very beginning. He changed his beliefs to the body just being a container for the soul. So he said that Bonnie's work here was done, and he explained to the group that she would be helping them from the next level. And he explained to them that Bonnie had more work to do he did go on to say that Bonnie was still in communication with him from the next level. Well, one member ended up leaving simply because things were not adding up as far as the beliefs changing from bodily ascension to Bonnie's body being left behind. The remainder of the disciples went with everything he was saying, and they were trying to lift Marshall's spirits and encourage him to keep going with his life and his mission. So, in the next episode, I will talk about how their belief system started to change and what happened in the years to come after Bonnie's death. So, stay tuned for that in the next couple of days. We are just getting started and we have a lot to get into. Please stay safe, stay aware of your surroundings, and don't become a subject on my podcast because I love you.